Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Paul Calvisi joins me. It is week two of training camp, the first full week among the topics on this Monday, where the team hopes Byron Murphy plays, and where exactly is Isaiah Simmons going to be on the field this season. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 574, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed him. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray Magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. So good news, bad news here on the first day of August. The good news, I believe, Monday, the first time the Cardinals radio triumvirate of Dave Pash, Ron Wolfley, and Paul Calvisi on the sidelines together. That was my biggest takeaway here on the fifth day of practice. Well, it's not just radio. It's multimedia these days, Gree. And uh, there we were, yours truly in the great day of past shooting a video segment. And then Wolf Wolf felt the need because he was on the outside looking in to photobomb said video segment. So when Cap Credentials powered by Cox comes around, look for Wolf's photobomb. And, uh, yes, the camera does put on an extra 15 pounds. I'm sorry, Wolf. Appearing soon on azcardinals.com. But it's good to have everyone back. Now, the bad news here, Paul, and – it's it's not great news, but it could be worse news. Let's put really? it that way. It well, could it be can worse. always get worse. Exactly. And it'd be worse if, we, if we're talking about this week one or any point during the regular season. Kyler Murray, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, tested positive for COVID, and he will miss at minimum the next five days. Well, if you need to rest your throwing arm, I guess that's one way to uh, – Did not practice on Saturday, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yes – uh, the drama continues. I mean, if you're just added to the list, it it's just, um, like I said, the HBO Hard Knocks, are they absolutely sure they wouldn't have been better served to document the first half of the season versus the second half? Just a lot of stuff flying around. Maybe this bodes well then for all of us that as much activity, and I'll put that in air quotes, that there has been this offseason, the early part of training camp, that maybe we're in store for a boring regular season <laughs> with respects to the drama, if you will. Now, the on-field, that, that's going to be exciting. They're going to win games. But the drama, if you will, that HBO Hard Knocks prefers kind of, you know, to, to, to move the meter and get the ratings points, maybe, maybe they're disappointed, but we're happy. Well, look, uh, there's no doubt HBO has been archiving the video. There's no doubt all these storylines will come up again. If it bleeds, it leads. They'll figure out a way how to start the series by going back to July and August. Uh, guaranteed it'll still be brought up. But you know what? By the time we get to the end of August, maybe, maybe just maybe, uh, these uh, unanticipated rest periods for a Kyla Murray, for a Hollywood Brown, for a DJ Humphreys, Maybe it just pays off because these guys are going to get a lot of reps over a 17-game regular season. J.J. Watt basically played zero of the preseason in camp a year ago. So maybe in a weird way uh, might actually pay off when the games really count. I believe Watt has had one vet day and told everyone not to panic. He's going to get some of those during training camp. Rodney Hudson has gotten a few vet days. And to your point, yeah. It's okay to rest now if you've earned that rest. 
because the names that we're talking about have been within this offense, have been within this league, I'd much rather them be healthy and as close to 100% in October, November, December, January as opposed to right now. I still remember Cardinals go to Tennessee last year. Obviously, they jack-stomped the Titans. Post-game radio interview and Cliff Kingsbury was sure to point out that there was way too much made about August of last year, that everyone's consternation and concerns and people griping and grousing about this and that, and it was just a quick comment. But he made it sure to be known that a lot of us still read a lot, way too much into the preseason, what goes on in August uh, to the coaches. And and you know what's taken me a long time to come around to this? Basically 25 years, great. (laughs) That they really, it's got to be a burning house fire of sorts for them to get concerned. As long as their team comes out of August and training camp and the preseason schedule as healthy as possible. Most of these coaches are a double thumbs up on what happens in August. That is priority one, two, three, four, however many, whatever your list is, health is attached to every single one of theirs. What is the whole team or individuals? This is in the 60s and 70s when they had a six-game preseason because everyone had to play themselves into shape. Obviously, guys, stay in shape, tip-top, premium shape, year-round. Most of these guys are ready to go in a lot of ways. The guys who already know the offense, honestly, a lot of this is designed for those last five to ten spots on a roster in the practice squad. How are you going to fill out the rest of that roster? And so, and there are some good position battles, whether it's a back end of the offensive line room, whether it's the running back room, who's going to be the second option to James Conner, whether he's going to make the final 53 there, the back end of the receiver room where you have all these quick, diminutive receivers, who's going to be the two guys that emerge and make the final roster. But when it comes to some of those premier names we just listed, nah. I mean, the coaches aren't concerned whatsoever. You brought up position battles. Let's start here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, because Kingsbury recently asked about position battles, and he mentioned specifically the cornerback. I was, and, a, I was a little surprised by that. And it kind of did raise an eyebrow, if you will, a little bit, because they really want Byron Murphy in this slot. They believe that he is better in the slot and a very good slot corner. All right, so if he's your quote-unquote number one corner but he's inside, who are your two outside cornerbacks? Marco Wilson and who? Antonio Hamilton, Josh Jackson, who was flashed, I'd say more than flashed so far here in training camp, and he's a recent addition. But now all of a sudden more eyeballs are going to be looking at that spot because of the perceived lack of depth. And it's not really perceived. There is a lack of depth with respect to experience in the National Football League. You know, we started the offseason, and we talked about that on on this show and others, azcardinals.com, that they really prefer Byron Murphy Jr. inside to be a slot corner. He's a good outside corner. He's an exceptional inside slot corner. The guy who has the ability to go any uh, three different ways, as Vance Joseph says, uh, following along a slot receiver. And that's a tough, that's a tough assignment. It, it can get really nasty in there. You got to be physical. You got to be quick. You got to be athletic. You got to be heads up, know what's going on. And so they would prefer to have him inside. And now we got away from that after the tragic passing of Jeff Gladney. Because out of need and necessity, you figured Byron Murphy Jr. would once again be that outside corner. And, and he might still be. But they do have the preference to put him 
inside. Now, what's interesting about that is if he is inside, okay, what happens to an Isaiah Simmons? There's sort of a trickle down because you've seen Isaiah Simmons be a slot corner quite a bit in this camp, and you figure he's going to get a lot of reps in that regard. But I tell you, getting a look, Josh Jackson, my first real extended look at him today other than mandatory minicamp, he definitely looks the part. He has the size. He has the athleticism. Obviously, he has a pedigree as a former second-round pick. He's made a lot of plays on the ball and interceptions in his career going back to his days at Iowa. That would be a home run for everything that Rasul Douglas could have been for the Arizona Cardinals last year, but got away to the Green Bay Packers and then signed a big deal in the offseason. Maybe, just maybe, this is the football gods giving them Josh Jackson to fill in. Well, you think about it, Jackson was signed after mandatory minicamp. He was brought in as a tryout. They liked enough of what they saw over those two days and brought him back permanently. 26 years old, but you brought up the size. Six feet, 196. Marco Wilson is six feet. Breon Borders is six feet. Antonio Hamilton is six feet. Byron Murphy, 5'11". Is there not much of a difference? There is if you're going to go and if you're talking about Josh Jackson against an A.J. Green that he'll do every single day in practice because every little inch matters when you're going against these taller, a little bit more physical wide receivers. And the fact they have yet to sign a veteran corner a week into camp I think it says one or two things, or maybe both. Number one, these veteran corners who are still on the couch are still asking for too much money. Or B, you know what? With the emergence of Isaiah Simmons, as someone who's going to play a lot in the slot and or a lot as a deep safety, maybe freeing up a Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson to drop into the box and be the occasional slot corner, then guess what? Right now, the Cardinals, I think, are intrigued by what they have. And there's enough on the market that if they, for some reason, uh, one of these guys gets exposed and or in the preseason game, they realize, well, he's not quite where we thought he was. There's still availability of guys on the market. Now, there might be a run on some of these veteran corners on the market, but not yet. And that's because of guys like Antonio Hamilton and Josh Jackson and maybe some of the adjustments Vance Joseph has made with other guys in personnel to run what appears a lot of times to be a 4 2 Almost nickel as the base defense, if you count Isaiah Simmons as that hybrid linebacker slash safety. I am surprised, Paul, that we have not had that veteran corner addition. And I'm not counting Josh Jackson, but one of those time time signs right at the beginning of training camp or the first week, and here we are, the first full week of training camp, but week number two here at State Farm Stadium, training camp powered by Cox. I'm surprised, and the name that we've talked about a lot is Robert Alford because he knows the defense is very familiar with this scheme, and I would have bet money that he would have been brought in by now here on August 1st. And he has not been. So maybe, again, to your point, does that say more about asking price or does it say more of, hey, you know what, Josh Jackson is a little bit better. He's picked things up quicker than we anticipated. He's fit in real well. Antonio Hamilton back for a second year. We like what we have right now. There's not a, quote, need to bring in another guy. And here's the thing. Josh Jackson will come up and he'll hit. He'll tackle. And that's what I think of with Robert Alford. He, he really fits the mentality of this Cardinal secondary. In the span of a year or two, they've really improved their tackling ability as a secondary overall. 
Robert Alford was a big part of that, but a Byron Murphy will come up and hit you. We've seen that. Marco Wilson does not shy away. He's not one of those corners who waits for someone else to make the tackle and, and run support. Obviously, Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, two of the best tackling safeties in the game, period. So if Josh Jackson can be that guy, and maybe they're waiting for pads as we record this, the Cardinals are about you know, are less than a day away. Their next practice session will be in full pads, full contact. Maybe – just maybe they want to see a lot, not just Josh Jackson, but a lot of the linemen, yep. some of the pass rushers. That's happened before, has it not, where you've had to wait to the first couple of full pad, full contact sessions to really truly assess what you have in a football player because everybody now, the game is played in pads. It's a good point because right now it is helmet and basically T-shirt and shorts. A little spiders. There is some padding, but there's not a lot of contact. And when you do get the pads on, especially day one on Tuesday and then however many more practices with pads, guys get a little bit more excited. The energy, the intensity ramps up because now all of a sudden, to your point, it is football and not soccer, as Bruce Arians like to call it. I mean, I'll give you an example. They have three young rookie offensive lineman the two draft picks on day three right Marquise Hayes Lasita Smith and then if you want to mark down a name who I think is making some waves with some of the coaches as intriguing is Greg Long uh, six foot three 304 pounds of rookie out of Purdue now they think that these guys have a future they think but you don't know until especially offensive linemen get in pads obviously. So once that gets rolling and you see how some of these guys fare against the veteran defensive lineman in space, because a lot of that O-line, D-line drill stuff is inherently in favor of the defensive lineman. There's just too much room to work. If you're an interior offensive lineman, you don't have a center on one side and a tackle on the other side of you. It's just you in space. Here we go. And so if an offensive lineman can perform well in that setting, that says a lot about that person, especially a young guy who's going to be in pads for the first time. That's when you see the Steve Kimes and the Cliff Kingsburys really inch forward, and then they go back and they break down that film later to see who held their own. And that's the next elevation here of training camp is with the pads coming on. Speaking of elevation, and it was the highlights of Monday's training camp practice, Byron Murphy, and it was captured – at Paul Calvisi, social media, yeah. video, uh, Byron Murphy. And this is something that we have seen throughout this entire training camp. But when an offensive player or a defensive player makes a play, there is an over-exaggeration of celebration on one sideline or another. And this was late-game scenario. I believe there were 35 seconds on the clock. Offense is driving. They need to score a touchdown. And Byron Murphy high-pointed a ball in the end zone off the arm of Colt McCoy, came down with the football, and there was an immediate eruption <laughs> on the defensive side of the field. They had won the ball game, or at least yeah. that – team session yeah and there was a lot of trash talking that ensued in fact the first thing i do before i tweet out the video at paul calvisi is make sure the audio is suitable for a family <laughs> setting okay now the video is not going to make you forget nfl films but it's there you can see it for yourself buddha baker had a pick late in the practice session as well uh and there was good energy that way there's good competition and honestly it reinforced what we were just talking about with Byron Murphy Jr. He really excels in the middle of the field, that interior slot corner. He just has a great nose for the ball. He has excellent ball skills. And so if you can get him in that situation, I think it just reinforces what the decision makers are already thinking about when it comes 
to Byron Murphy Jr. I, I'll tell you this much as well. I wrote down, along with those two picks in my notes, you know, Dennis Gardeck to me definitely looks like the Dennis Gardeck from 2020, at least based on what we can tell going through drills. He looks different than he did a year ago. I'll, I'll say that much to my He's untrained. more confident in himself. Yeah, it just the explosion, just the burst. A number of times he was getting past offensive linemen instantly, sort of like he did in 2020 before he went down with a torn ACL in Week 15 against the Eagles. You know, I, I thought we also had our first bit of fisticuffs. It was brief, but there was a little bit of a spat going on, you know, rooting and a tooting. I think it was, what, Joshua Miles and uh, Jesse Lemonnier, the uh, backup linebacker. Those two were going at it just for a moment there because it's an open practice. Everyone can see it. But this is all evidence uh, of good energy as they track towards that red and white practice and then they get – in towards Cincinnati in week one of the preseason. And again, we talk about it with the pads coming on on Tuesday. That energy, that intensity will certainly pick up. There are, as we speak, eight more open practices here at State Farm Stadium if you want to see the Arizona Cardinals before they officially hit the field week one against the Kansas City Chiefs. We continue here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We've talked about it actually you and I, Paul, here on the show made it one of our big talking points in the offseason, and one of the big question marks was, where is Isaiah Simmons playing? We've referenced it a couple of times, but we actually now actually have a name that we can attach to Isaiah Simmons. Remember, Vance Joseph, before he addressed the media in training camp, oh no, Simmons, he, he's a linebacker. He, that's, that's where he's going to play, Isaiah Simmons. I'm a linebacker first, that's my focus. Well, as I've documented all offseason, he has not <laughs> spent a single moment, even here in training camp, with the linebackers, inside linebackers. Now, maybe a little outside linebacker rushing the passer. But he is a star backer. We now have a description for Isaiah Simmons. And according to Vance Joseph, a star backer is, quote, who plays a lot, linebacker, dime, safety, I won't share much more than that. And he let us all hang when he addressed the media on Saturday. So star backer, Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, and you know what? A few days before, Cliff Kingsbury went into detail as, least, as much as he's wont to do as the head coach when it came to Isaiah Simmons. And when he was describing the different roles that Isaiah would have in the defense, none of them matched weak side inside linebacker. And, and he said, we've sort of figured out what he does best. So apparently, based on what we've seen so far, what's been open for everybody to witness, a lot of times you're seeing Nick Vigil, Zayvon Collins at those in, traditional inside linebacker spots. And then you're seeing the star backer in this case, Isaiah Simmons, which, to your point, that means he could be on the edge, means he could be mugging the A or B gap. It means he could be in the slot. It means he could be a deep safety. So there's no question he is going to be an X factor. And that I'm guessing a quarterback's going to break the huddle, and one of the first things he's going to look for is where is number nine? And that's going to dictate uh, exactly what an offense does. In They always want to set the mic, and then they set their protections from there. So it's interesting to hear as I look some of the notes. And, you know, Vance Joseph mentioned how there were times last year he would match up against premier wide receivers like CeeDee Lamb when they went against Dallas. There was Isaiah Simmons on, on CeeDee Lamb, and we've seen some of that in, in practice already. I saw a rep where he was on Rondale Moore. I mean, six foot four Isaiah Simmons in space against five foot seven speeds to Rondale Moore. That's really interesting. 
and it also makes me wonder if these you know starting with Cincinnati in week one they don't game plan so if you go to Kansas City in week one of the regular season are they going to test that I think they go after Isaiah Simmons we're already looking at a game of matchups yes I expect him to be on Travis Kelsey quite a bit in week one but I think Kansas City does what it can to get him out there in space against a legit burner of a receiver and they might target him early in the season to see if he's capable of pulling a lot of this off Simmons has the size, 6'4", 238. He has the speed to be able to be positioned anywhere on that field as an edge rusher, as a slot corner, as a safety. And I think I think he prefers being able to be multiple, Paul, and being a little bit more attacking and not reacting. And Kingsbury mentioned that Simmons plays better when he's a little bit further away from the line of scrimmage. Less distraction, meaning less arms and body parts in his way. I like what I've seen from Simmons so far in training camp. Now, will this continue? Well, so far it has as we enter week two of training camp. But where do we see him week one, week two? Coach Joseph mentioned game plan will dictate. But I think what you're going to see, at least initially, is Simmons playing a lot near the line of scrimmage, covering whether that's a slot receiver or a tight end because of those early matchups against tight ends this season? I mean, think about it. If they put him in a traditional weak side, inside linebacker spot, I would imagine that the opponent would get into a power run set and go straight at number nine. Not unlike what teams used to do against Daryl Washington. Uh, thankfully, Darren Urban is not here right now, so please, nobody. When Daryl Washington came into the league, man, was he athletic. Man, could he run. But he also admitted to us later after that rookie season that he got down to about 219 pounds. And teams soon discovered that he was a liability in the straight-ahead run game. They would go right at him. Now, over the course of his career, he bulked up and he was much more stout against the run. But I don't think Isaiah Simmons really will ever be that guy. And if they have that guy in a Nick Vigil and a Zayvon Collins – then why not use them all over the field in, in some of these other areas? As I'm looking at some of the notes and what Vance Joseph told the media, he just flat out said it. He can play a little linebacker, a little safety, a little dime. He can be a lot of things, a lot of places. It depends on the game plan. So there you go. Uh, offenses wonder and worry about where Isaiah Simmons is going to be. And, and yes, he has the ability to cover, and especially in today's game. When you have all these running backs coming out of the backfield like never before, when you have these very athletic tight ends that can split out and flex, you got to have somebody who can check those guys. And and you have to have the ability, I think, with the way the Cardinals defense is constructed now where they're a little short on corners and they might use a Buda Baker and a Jalen Thompson more in coverage in the slot, well, then guess what? Isaiah Simmons has to be that guy. The point is, if you can just keep him on the field, he can be one of your best 11 because of his versatility and because of the Cardinals' other needs elsewhere, he can be what you need him to be against certain teams, certain matchups, and certain schemes that Vance Joseph will dial up. And it makes it easier for Coach Joseph in terms of when that offense changes. Well, now you don't have to substitute. You're keeping Simmons on the field. You're keeping your best 11 on the field to where you can yeah. just sit there. There's not that rush running on, running off, and the offense tries to catch you off guard. Think about it. Week one, do you think Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City will go up-tempo? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, they're going to try and keep those 11 guys – on the field, and if you have an Isaiah Simmons out there, then he has the ability to morph into what exactly Vance Joseph needs at that very moment. So, yes, it's it's. I think the bigger question, honestly, 
is Zayvon Collins. And to hear I you know to hear Vance Joseph say about him that he's confident in him right now, that he's been calling it clean, that uh, he's in great shape and he's been playing well, then that to me is a bigger question. We're all intrigued and there's curiosity as to where Isaiah Simmons is going to play, but I think he's proven himself as a playmaker. Does he have to eliminate getting beat at times? And Vance Joseph said that. He has to be more consistent. There's no doubt about it. The legitimate question mark, though, is on his fellow first-round linebacker, and that's that's Zayvon Collins. And there's no question, in my opinion, he'll get up plenty of reps, even though teams are going to run vanilla schemes. I get it. But if he can't master that in the preseason, then guess what? There might be reason for concern at that point. One of the bigger, more important quotes, statements, if you will, all training camp, and this is from Vance Joseph on Collins, quote, he's making very few mistakes, end quote. And you could not have said that this time or any time last year, and it became to the point the mistakes were costing Collins playing time. He needs to stay on the football field this season. I'll give you an example. The NFL Network replayed Cardinals-Packers, and it was that Thursday night game, obviously, national prime time. And that was the game where Zayvon Gollins got hurt. And when I was, I was going through that game for another reason, and, and, I, and he went down, and I replayed that snap. What happened was it was an errant – it was actually um, – it was an A.J. Dillon big chunk run, 15 to 20 yards, and it went to Zayvon Collins' side. And he hesitated. He was chopping his feet, and he didn't exactly know whether to go left, right, backboard. He did, and then boom, he got hit from the side and went down hard on that shoulder. That shoulder that gave him problems the rest of the season. But it was the hesitation. It was the indecisiveness once the ball was snapped that A, led to the big chunk run, and B, led to his eventual injury on that same play. So that's the sort of progress that he has to make that you hope, Vance Joseph, that's what he means by he's making very few mistakes that he's able to read and react instantly. And that might be the most important part of this early training camp is those two inside linebackers. I say that name only as far as Collins and Simmons because those are your two most recent first-round draft picks. There's no first-round draft pick from this season unless you want to count Hollywood Brown. But your two most recent first-round draft picks are those linebackers that you hope you can build around for the next decade or so. It was interesting to hear Vance Joseph bring up Nick Vigil on his own and say the only reason he hasn't stuck around in the league with one team for a really long time is because those teams have happened to pick first-round linebackers themselves. So there's a little bit of irony in there in his situation now, but he's getting plenty of reps, what we have seen, and he got a lot of praise from his defensive coordinator. And Vance Joseph said, you know what, Uh, he can really run. He's picked up the scheme fast. He's long. He's smart. He can cover. He can play all three downs. So, you know, like once again, unprompted, Vance Joseph had a lot of positive things to say about Nick Vigil. He's another guy. Just that whole inside linebacker equation, how is that going to play out here in August and what's going to look like in full pads and in preseason games, that's definitely still one of the top storylines out here at Cards Camp. It is a pleasure, Paul, to have you here at Cardinals Training Camp, powered by Cox. Look forward to seeing you again as the week progresses. We'll see if you say that as we get into the dog days <laughs> of camp. You know, that's uh, I'm not well, as we that. say, it's early. <laughs> it's right. It's definitely, it's definitely early out there. So uh, no, it's it's going to be good to get the pads on. There, there's no doubt about it. And just forget seeing it. You just want to hear it. You want to hear 
football again in the collisions and the popping of pads. That's that's to me is when you realize, okay, things are getting close. It's imminent. Morning practices the rest of the week, the red and white practice on Saturday afternoon. All information, all details on azcardinals.com. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Paul Calvisi, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.